0: As women, that's our superpower. That emotion, that emotiveness that we have, those are the things we need to connect people to.
1: Assalamu alaikum, and welcome to another episode of Shared Diversity. Today, we're talking about business, branding, and womanhood. Before you jump into this episode, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Shared Diversity Podcast. Today, we talk with Basha Rajin. She's the founder of Young Black Muslim Podcast, a New York-based artist and philanthropist. We talked about so much womanhood in business, how to fit all your passions into your brand, and really how to build a business and brand with purpose. We also talked about the unique experiences of black Muslim women and how she puts that into Afrofuturism in her brands and everything that she does. So I hope you really enjoy this podcast. I had such a good time let's get into it. You're so
0: hilarious, oh my gosh.
1: Alhamdulillah. Okay, so for those who don't know you yet, could you introduce yourself in 30 seconds? Yes,
0: my name is Basha Regine, I'm an artist, I'm also a philanthropist, I'm a birth coach, and I'm a branding creative director, which means like I help people expand on their brands as well as just connect them with what it means to have multiple brands so that they're able to connect everyone to what it is that they do and their multifacetedness.
1: So why do you believe that creating brands out of your multifacetedness is important?
0: Because we all represent many things within us. We are diverse in our own right, like in our own being. We have so many things that we want to do, especially as women. I do believe like we have so many things that we want to touch on and we want to do. And it's so important that we're able to compartmentalize those into spaces where people from all over can connect with each one and also we're able to expand and organize each one in their own entity so that it's not like too much in one brand it's like all compartmentalized and it's organized in their separate entities
1: so tell us about the brands that you have built because you have so many different and how is the journey to building them
0: so the brands that I've built, um, We Infinity is one of the first ones I built, and that was based off me wanting to have women creatives and have them connect with each other. And I curated a lot of art shows biannually so that women can connect and see other women's art locally and want to build with them and work with them in that space. So that was the first brand. And then from there, um, I started Op YM Co. after I started to build my music and wanted to bring people into this like Afrofuturistic world that really meant that I had to showcase a space where a lot of that art and that fashion resided so that everyone can understand the world. So Apwymco is a collective of not just my works, but it will be a collective of other artists that are Afrofuturists and Afrofuturistic artists that want to connect with Islamic or African diaspora scholarship. And then I have Young Black Muslima, which is the podcast, which started because I just wanted to express myself. And I think what it was is like my experience as a revert was, you know, it wasn't necessarily heard about. Like I didn't hear about it. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't listen to stories about it or I didn't read books on it. I always heard stories about African Muslims or, you know, um, Muslims that are African that lived here and they started to learn more about their blackness, but not someone who was born here that, you know, was mentally enslaved, that grew into the dean. So I just thought it was super important to have that platform to speak. And so Anchor, so it started with Gary V. Let me just say, Gary V. is amazing because he was just like on Twitter going ham and like, you know, you got to start your podcast on Anchor. And, and I was just like, what is Anchor? you know, and I just kind of went on and I and I looked it up and I was like, okay. So I just started it like that next week. I literally wrote my intro and I wrote what it was going to be about. And I wrote my description. I wrote my target audience the, the week before. And I just like made us a, a brief kind of like plan on like what I wanted to um, talk about. And each week I would have the episodes ready, the titles ready and the details I wanted to talk about. So then um, once I got to like, I think the 20th episode I was so excited and like I tweeted Gary and I was like thank you so much for like you know telling me about this this app and like really just making sure you know you connected with a lot of diversity because he he really wants to expand on that because he um connected with the owner of um a Muslim girl and invested in Muslim girl um Amani that's like A huge brand so like he really sees the importance of that like you know having a voice in a diverse space because not everyone's going to speak but let's be real like there's so many of us so many Muslims so like the podcast really just started from that one like I just needed that one second that Gary was doing on Twitter and he was going on a rant about how we need to start podcasts we need to just make content just keep putting stuff out and that's from there it expanded and then like I had thanked him on Twitter and we've been like Connecting ever since then, so it's just been something that I'm expanding constantly as I grow. So the podcast is like the main thing that I really want to connect and build a platform for Black Muslim women, people who don't identify with being Black because of the space that they're in. They don't even think that they're Black because they don't know what that means, you know. And I think it's so important to um, understand that. Like I know people who Google, like you know what I what like you know I guess identifies me as Black, you know, trying to understand, like, because they do know that they're Black, like they have black, they have black ancestors or they have a Black parent, but they don't know what identifies them as Black because we're so spread out across the world. So yeah, like, I just wanted to hone in on that specific audience and just really pull my sisters back into their Blackness because we have to own it, you know, we have to be aware of, like, what that means and what we look like in those spaces.
1: How do you think is the experience of a Black Muslim woman different than to another Muslim woman or to another Black woman? Well, I
0: definitely think it it is different because of just the oppression over time. So, you know, historically, Black Muslim women, you know, have been the most disrespected, the most, you know, disregarded human beings on the face of the planet. Um, but not realizing the strength that we bring, you know, to a, a diverse world, we are able to push through new policies, push through new laws. But what it means to us is like, you know, we're able to see ourselves in these spaces and it's not easy for us because our identity is suffering because we don't know who we are like, you know, in, in in spaces like America and in spaces like Germany and Australia, you know, we don't know who we are and where we fit in, but you know, what I find important is that we all kind of connect under this kind of same umbrella, which is that blackness. And I do feel like hip hop culture like really helps to find that within every space because it helps give us that platform to connect on a a similarity, like, you know, or just like an energy, which is like, you know, you got black girl magic, black Muslim excellence. You have this kind of energy that's bringing us, you know, to, um, a comfortable and proud space to say that I'm black and, you know, I'm Muslim. But at the same time, you know, I have my struggles and it doesn't look anywhere near, you know, yours. And it's because of that, you know, we all have different privileges within being black, too. You know, that this whole fair skin thing, which was not even created by us. And it's something that a privilege that, you know, was created by a system that wants to divide us and still. So understanding those privileges and looking at other people and saying, you know, I I wouldn't know what it's like to be you, but I'm still black, too. And like knowing that that's okay to say that and being open to whatever feedback you may get or listening to people rant and tell and break down their stories is super important too, because we have two ears to listen more and we have one mouth to talk less. So I think it's important to just hear other people out and like their experience of being Black so that we're able to like find similarities, but also like just be a listening ear for them to vent, you know, because our experience may be different, you know, especially with the whole light skin thing and like you know all this whole entire like complexion kind of like diversity in a sense of like we're not black but you know because we have these privileges but it's like no I actually have experience of a black woman so like you know my experience is actually a black experience so really owning that and not like feeling compelled to change who we are no matter where we at because our stories are the ones that change the world, that change the shape of our very institutions, of governments. You know, Harriet Tubman was the one who like freed all these slaves, but then she's the one that really started the civil war between the north and the south because she kept going back to get people and she wouldn't stop. You know, and this was a black woman who kept going back, and she's the one that started the civil war because they were like, okay, we're gonna have to fight over this because she keeps coming down here and she started a whole thing in Canada. She went all the way up North so that she was able to free the slaves because they wanted to, to, you know, have slavery abolished, but they wouldn't go forth with the necessary actions as government because let's be real, it was still funding a lot of the the economy in America. So like our experience is one that is so unique, but that struggle makes us even more beautiful. So I really appreciate being black. My blackness is like one of the main things that connects me with everyone else's struggle, you know, and I see struggle to be diverse. And I don't just look at my struggle as the only one. And I'm able to empathize or sympathize with other people's struggle in that sense.
1: It's so beautiful that you're telling these examples because the big thing that I hear is that you don't even only recognize it and you think about it. And you want to gain more knowledge, you educate yourself and you share it with others, but you create brands to amplify your voice, to create platforms for people like you, for women that have experienced different struggles, but have a similar experience. So why do you think building brands and building something that actually can create a change is important rather than only recognizing your identity and living it for yourself?
0: It's definitely, I think, the most important is because within those brands, something happens. Something like revolutionary happens because you not only want to make a change for yourself, especially being Muslim women, like we became Muslim on our own merit, like we wanted to become Muslim because we wanted to change our lives. But within the spaces that we need to be in, we need to create brands and creatively make those brands so that we can talk to all people, talk to people that don't understand our struggle and educate them on that struggle and making sure that we're not just making a brand that is like, oh yeah, this is a cute brand and it's you know fluffy and, and like people are going to want to buy stuff from me. But utilizing that space that people want to buy stuff from you and putting that money towards a philanthropic goal, and building something that is important for the communities so that people could be like okay well this is not just fashion this is not just art this is like you know revolutionary this is political this has everything to do with our very nature like fashion and clothing is political too like they they you know do a lot of fast fashion and different countries. And a lot of countries don't, the the workers don't get paid a lot of money to make the clothes. So in that space, utilizing that and saying, okay, you know what I'm going to do with this opportunity? I'm going to utilize this opportunity to make something that's more about awareness because within that space, I can do that because my clothing brand is not based off of that you know and now it it's expanded to like arts and humanities brand that is able to connect people through art and also through like our own experiences so that we can showcase our aesthetic as afrofuturists and be able to bring people into a space of that like what does that look like afrofuturism started because black people wanted to escape their reality like it—it it was just like something that we wanted to escape, and we made this kind of sci-fi, black sci-fi fantasy, so that we're like, that's not us. Like we're like this. We're superheroes. We're this. We're the, we we were able. We're able to depict our own world. We're able to depict who we actually are. So doing that helps a lot of children see themselves. You know, I, I was outside on um, a Halloween Thursday and this little boy, he literally had a Black Panther costume on, so cute. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Black Panther. You know, I was just like so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, we need you. And he was just like, how do you know I'm Black Panther? And I was like, I see your costume. He was like, oh, because he, he thought like, because the mask, you know, like I wouldn't, I would not know he was Black Panther because he didn't have the mask on. And I think that's the main thing is like seeing the clothing, right? And seeing like, that's a Black Panther costume. And I know that you're Black Panther because that's that's his like, you know, whole entire like aesthetic. And it looks like that, you know, without the mask being on his face. And that's amazing to see that and see his excitement. And he was just like, Ooh! like, you know, he ran, he's like, I've got to save the world. And it was just like, wow, like, you know, the impact that Black Panther had on a lot of people really changed the aesthetic of how Black people carry themselves now. So utilizing that in full circle, Afrofuturism and the brands that I've made, it's not only for need to express that, but it's also for people to bring themselves to a space of like, I don't know about this world, but I want to know. So I'm going to learn from the art and the fashion and everything. So having expanded on that is super important for the youth, especially because it's coming from an animation art you know, kind of space where a lot of young children will just be more inclined to learn about Islam because of the aesthetic that in which we present things at Apoymco. So yeah, it's definitely expanding more and more that I talk to people and I see young children like interested in like Black Panther or like just animation. It happens to be one of the main things that we focus on is like the artist, artistic perspective of Afrofuturism and how that looks in fashion. And also how that would look in an editorial magazine, you know, and what that looks like going forward. Because it's just the beginning. Afrofuturism has been around for a while, but people are just now opening their eyes to it since Black Panther came out. So it's going to be, I know it's going to be a huge thing in 2020, but right now we're like expanding on it and being more, you know, um, open to showcasing that and having a lot of people open to the awareness of it. So it's great. I love what I'm doing with Op YM Because Op YM Co. actually is a collective, but- y m literally means Operation Young Muslima. So the whole thing is not for just this, oh, Afrofuturism aesthetic, but it's like, I want to help young Muslim girls get more education so that they understand Islam, you know, through this aesthetic and through this whole entire world I'm able to, you know, put that in a space like okay, we can fund these projects, the Operation Young Muslima, so that young Muslim girls from whether they're from war-torn countries or whether they're from, you know, um, countries that have famine, they they've gone through like, you know, uh, refugee camps, they're able to still come to America or we're able to build in their lands schools that really help educate them, not to just be wives and be someone's servant, but to be a scholar in Islam because we need more women scholars in Islam
1: so what has the home reversion to Islam brought to you in terms of how you operate your brands and how you grow your own personal brand
0: It has definitely operated heavily in that and it has been the very core of what I do because if I didn't convert to Islam, I guarantee you everything would be a hot mess and it wouldn't be something that was really with purpose and true purpose because my my true purpose is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so everything within what I do is always going to be centered. My heart is centered around worshiping Allah with everything that I do. So that's how the brands are reflected. Like we infinity is reflected like that. Me wanting to offer women a space to birth in a healthy space and to have the option, if they want to do an Islamic birth, they can find a birth doula that's Muslim and not feeling like they have to like be confined in this kind of hospital birth space. If they want to birth from home or if they want to have, you know, an Islamic kind of just like energy around them and just having an Islamic ritual consistency with their pregnancies, they're able to do that with We Infinity. And that is the core of everything, like Islam, my way of life, you know, our way of life is the core of all my brands. And that is important to me because I think morally that I have this foundation that Allah has provided me. But even in within the modeling industry that I work in, you know, I don't waver that. You know, they're like, oh, so like what, what don't you do? Like, what can, how can we dress you? And I'm like, my hands and my face, you know, can show, but, you know, I, I prefer like to wear high turtlenecks and like, you know, I prefer to have my neck covered and, you know, I, I show my feet and that's it. Like, you know, and I, and I let them know and they're like, okay, no problem. And we totally respect that. Just really allowing Islam to be the foundation of how I live my life and not the society's laws. Because that's how a lot of feminists come to to be, right? Because they're following man's law. And they like, well, there's no room for me in this patriarchy. Well, Allah didn't make me into a patriarchy. Allah made me as a khalifa upon the earth. I'm a human being, just like a man is. A man is not the only khalifa on the earth. I'm a woman. I'm a human being. And it literally says we have made humans khalifa upon the earth. It doesn't just, it doesn't say man, you know? So as a woman, I have to own that position Allah has given me and not just have okay this is what I'm this is my job as a woman I can't really do those things because I'm a woman that can carry multiple souls like if I carry a daughter she's carrying her whole lineage in her womb like like it's crazy like and if you think how deep that is with it, when it comes to the community aspect of things a lot of women would let go of that kind of like pull that we have when it comes to like men wanting to lead and it's like no let them lead like Cause we birth souls, like, you know, it's just so deep, like, and how we have to like learn our strengths and like what Allah has given us and not feel like it's an oppressive thing. But the, the Western society makes us feel like that, but we don't really understand our deen enough to know what Allah has already given us and the power Allah has given women to really change the world and change and become rulers on the earth. You know what I mean? So we're not just like too emotional to lead or, no, that's not true. The fact is our emotion can very well save our communities and our passion can save our communities and help people think with their hearts instead of thinking with their minds that houses the ego constantly. So I think even connecting that with We Infinity was a super, um, that was an intentional thing because I realized how multifaceted women are and they don't even try. It's just like how this is just our being like and I and I'm like, "Wow, I'm not the only one that has like six or seven Instagrams. Like this is crazy." Like I'm just like, "Okay, I thought I was the only one that like has multiple brands, but like when I meet other women that's like, "No, I have a brand. I have my I have this, I have that." I'm like, "Wow, mashallah, you know, I I think this is amazing and we we all need to expand on that as women. We shouldn't we shouldn't put ourselves on the back burner, or our goals on the back burner, because someone's telling us like this is too much or doing too much, it's you shouldn't do all of this. focus on one thing, how can you do all of this? It's like don't tell me like I can't do this, and you should keep asking me, how can I do all of this, and if you truly want to know, you will stand by my side and learn something. You know what I mean, so just really like owning our power as women we're multifaceted like it's the same thing. how do you become a mother and take care of the kids and take care of yourself and cook for your husband like that's a multifaceted position as a mother. Women are multifaceted. Like these are like my babies in a sense. Like we infinity, op, YM co. Like these are like my babies. Like, and I can take care of them and raise them up and grow them and cultivate them as well as I can Very like children. So I think it's important for us to know our power as women. And I'm so big on that. And that's what we infinity is about. Like women empowerment. Well, I don't want to say empowerment because I don't really like to say that because I feel like we empower ourselves. I just want to like move out of people's way, but like give them a platform to speak their truth more so because I can't empower anyone like you you can be inspired, but I can't empower anyone. We empower ourselves to do empower literally like it's it's something we do on our own.
1: Yes, it's internal. That's the beautiful thing that I feel that you're really living is that your personal brand is the way that you can empower yourself because showing that you're multifaceted is something that society tells us to stop doing and we have to focus and we have to find our niche and we have to find the expertise that we master ourselves in. But then we, as, as we go along, we kind of feel that we're leaving things and part of parts of ourselves behind and we are slowly losing ourselves and then, At the end of the journey, we're like, where is actually the person that I am inside? Oh, yeah, well, I have to live two lives. One is for the career, one is for the personal life. That is not true. That is just not true. And that's why the beautiful thing that I find with you is that you have created this multifaceted brand that is you. Like, I have the feeling that I know you through the things that you are creating, through the platforms that they are creating. So... That's the beautiful thing about being a woman that you don't have to focus. And I I love how you put it into perspective that it's our being to not need to focus on one thing and only showcase one thing. So I have a question actually that is more technical and more practical. Um, Over the years, you've created so many different brands and you've said that actually it didn't come all at once and it came organically also after you rebranded yourself and after you converted, But... How, when you create a brand, is the initial brand process? So
0: the initial brand process is definitely important. And it starts with understanding your mission. Okay. It starts with understanding what it is you want to do and how you want to go about it. So first thing I always make sure is that I have one sentence that describes what it is I'm doing what it is the brand is about. And from there, you're able to create something that is truly internally real for yourself and also whatever your purpose is. Like like I said, my purpose is to worship Allah. So my foundational purpose is that. So within that, it has to be something that will please my creator. So I'll make sure within that sentence that I'll make an intentional statement that, will provide a space for people to come, but also will provide a space for me to worship Allah. So it provides a space for people to expand on that worship, but also it provides a space for me to worship my creator as well with the work that I'm doing. And it's not just time going by and I'm just, you know, trying to get Insta-famous or whatever the case is. Um, And from there, I then go into understanding what I want the brand to look like visually. So from there, you know, it's just more so selecting a color scheme, you know, and then from the color scheme, um once you do that, it's like now, okay, do I want a logo or do I just want text? You know, do I just want font? Um, you know, and then just deciding what that is. And a lot of the times when I brand um artists or when I brand um companies, I put them through this kind of like branding boot camp, which they get so annoyed with me. But by the end of it, they're so They're like so rejuvenated and they're so happy because they're like, wow, like this, I'm branding with purpose. I do not brand people who I don't feel can change the world with their brand because it's a waste of my time and energy. And it's a waste of their time and energy, frankly, because you expand and you grow as a human being. And if you think your initial reason is to make money, by the time you get 30 or 35, you're going to be like, I'm not really happy. And then you're going to be like, I want to do something more with this brand. So I try to make that within a sense, like the brand is always going to be a development stage as far as like I'm developing, but I try to make the main source of the brand is going to be something I have to live up to. Like I have to catch up with, it's a futuristic goal. Like that's not going to ever go out of like time. Like, you know, it's going to be something I'm always trying to obtain and trying to do because there's always work to do in that area. So I try not to make it so minute and like, I try to think bigger than my little five three in a quarter self can actually complete in one day, but more so a lifetime. So I go from there and then once that's done, you know, with the color scheme and deciding if I want a logo or not, I just make more so, you know, make sure I flesh out all of the details of who my target is. And from there, I just connect myself with the actual work. And now I'm going to be actively doing it. So once I expand on titles or things, content I want to make and, you know, put dates around that. I just actively do it now, you know, the planning is done, everything's done. Then I actively do it um, and connect with people in the community that do it as well. So that we're able to cross brand and cross promote and expand our brands through um, our awareness of other people's brands in that space and also events and stuff that we may do so. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's a process, but I, I appreciate every second of it because it helps me to cultivate who I am even more and help brands because it's a lot of time and energy that I put into it. I'm not just, you know, okay, here's your logo, here's your, you know, I'm literally spending time with them. It's a it's a branding boot camp because you have to come out of that branding boot camp and know what your brand represents and be passionate about it. Talk about it with, you know, purpose and want to expand on that purpose and connect people with that purpose and not just something like, oh yeah, you know, I started it because I just wanted to make money. I was broke and like, you know, and you're just kind of like, you know, no, that's not what a brand is. You know, a brand is something that's going to be here even when you're not. So that's important. Like when you're expanding and thinking about the branding purpose and, all of that. So it, it just, you know, it expands as I expand, but like the process is simple and like, but it's still a mental more so and a spiritual process more than anything. It's not something that's just can be done technically or on a computer and through Photoshop and like Illustrator and like, you know, website. It's just a spiritual and a mental progression, mental, you know, um, awareness and, and um, self-development and also spiritual development. So it's those two combine and then the brands start to make sense, you know, and it's a constant thing. It's not something that just, that's what it is. And that's it, but it starts to expand, you know, you start to make more content, you start to expand on the content you want to make and, you know, connect more people with what you're doing. So, you know, cause you, your brand is super dope. I love what you're doing as well. Like, you know, and I love that you're connecting more people to Islam through the shared diversity. Because I think that's so important. Because we have to share our stories. We have to connect people with our diverse outlook on life, not just in our communities and because of race, but because our diverse experiences can also shape what the world can be. Because I'm not ready to have kids yet. I'm like, I got some more world changing to do before I, before I start having some children. Because I know once I'm my children out, like, like okay, I got the school ready for you. You know. And I, got the school built and like now you can go to this school that I want to help cultivate you and stuff so like just certain things like this gives me a lot of hope in what's to come with a lot of Muslim women and like just our expansion and how we plan on changing the world because like things are going to change when once we step into that space and we stop letting the societies around us define our world we change that whole di like dynamic and I think shared diversity is doing that, just connecting Muslim women to like their diverse stories and connecting you to me and coming to an understanding of like our similarities and like our differences and learning from those. It's just beautiful, mashallah. I love what you're doing as well. So I'm very happy to be and I'm honored to be a part of what you're doing.
1: Alhamdulillah, thank you. Thank you. Of course, I am very honored that you are part of it and that you're actually saying this. That is so important because a lot of times we think that we have to be reactive. We have we have to find our space in places that are already built. We have to find the spot on the table that is already there. And for that, we have to kind of change or adapt or leave something of us behind. But having a brand actually gives you the power and what you're sharing in all your platforms shows that it gives you the power to change the future and even beyond yourself. So having a brand is not only until you can't work anymore because retirement is also a man-made thing that is, doesn't even make sense, but that's a story for another time. But it's something that will outlive you. Like it's literally going to be there. It's it's going to be the lives that you change, the duas that people make for you that you created the spaces that people can educate themselves from you are creating the platforms that other people can learn to create other platforms and it's just this ongoing process it's a it's it's basically your legacy it's what you leave behind when you're already gone and that is basically actually what is the purpose of our being here because this is just a temporary state dunya is not for us to build our whole life and then leave and be like yes we accomplished something now let's go to another place but it's it's just the step to the next space but you have to earn it you have to earn the next step
0: yes i totally agree with that i totally agree with you 100% that's why i can't stand when people are like you do too much it really irks me so I understand what you mean exactly, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So mashallah, I want to talk a little bit about the different brands that you have and how you found out the audiences and the target markets that you took for the different brands.
0: Okay, so We Infinity started first, and um, that was definitely something that I expanded because I learned about birthing in a sense of like learning from my mentor because she's Muslim and I didn't know that I was gonna be Muslim to be honest. Like I was just like this is such a spiritual space and I love going to her house. And the more I learned about Islam, the more I was like, I think I should be Muslim. I think I'm Muslim. I don't know. Should I be Muslim? You know. And then once she started to talk to me about birth, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. She's like, We should do this. We need to take back our traditions. We birth from home. And I was just looking at her like she was crazy. I was like. I'm not doing that. She was like, you need to go on the birth space. You need to help them. I was like, I'm not doing that. I was like, okay. You know, I would just be like, sounds great. You know, because I was just afraid to see blood. And I was just like, I don't know what I would look like in that space. But I took her advice. And a year later, I went to go to Ancient Song Doula Services in Brooklyn. And I learned about birth. And I learned about what it meant to be a birth coach and what it meant to be by a mother's side, especially in communities where, you know, they're left to be single mothers. They're left to be fending for themselves. I took on this role of a birth coach, a partner, an advocate in one space in one day, well, over the course of multiple um like months, but in that one day, the birth was like there or days because some women labor for over 72 hours. But That space really provided me the foundation of all the other brands because I realized this is a space for women. This is a space that I want women to have and grow and cultivate. And this is not for me. We Infinity started as an idea. And the idea was that We Infinity is the planet in which women, it's another sci fi theory, but in which the planet in which women actually go to replenish themselves. And it's only women Mm -hmm. no men it's only women who go there and we replenish and we come back to earth you know and that was the whole perspective of we infinity and in a sci-fi sense like all of all of that became something that i wanted to make reality here on earth so like although i have this creative expansion of things that was how that began and then coming from there you know, after converting to Islam and wanting to do birth work and coming from there, I realized like I didn't have a space to speak my own story. And I was like, I love women and I love how we're amazing and we can birth, but I need to speak up and talk about the things that I've gone through in my experience. So from there I made, you know, um, the podcast was first. And once the podcast came, um, I started to like, just talk about branding because I think the main thing that we spoke about was the importance of knowing what that looks like and the importance of knowing your purpose, you know, profoundly knowing that. So one of the first episodes on Young Black Muslima was Profound Branding, and we talked about, you know, just the importance of knowing what your purpose is, aside from your main purpose, which is worshiping your creator and connecting with your creator, um, but more so just the purpose that you have to bring to the world that your creator has given you to do, like the the mission you're on. So Young Black Muslima was just like the platform for that. And it became something that I spoke to other women that would send me DMs. And then once I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not taking any more DMs because I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to say how I feel. And, you know, after episode um 50, I just started to talk, you know, and now we're reaching 80, 83 episodes. So, like I'm just constantly expanding on my experience because I want to help other Muslim reverts, black Muslim women, understand that this deen is not about getting married and learning from your husband. It is about you as a Khalifa upon the earth, you as a woman, as a powerful being and entity that whose womb is connected to the throne of Allah. You know, just really understanding that you have to be learning your deen. You shouldn't rely on someone else. It's, you know obviously learn from a sheikh, but you shouldn't rely on just you getting married and learning. You're gonna know Islam, because nine times out of ten the person you're marrying is probably don't know Islam. Like you, like they should, you know. Like but that's a that's a part of like why you get married is like to learn together, but to learn from someone who may not know everything and you d- depend on someone to learn islam versus knowing you you as a woman and understanding what allah has given you because we're going to interpret the quran differently that's just how it is allah has given us different qualities
1: yeah just- and a lot of men they are not looking for the same answers that we are looking for like women's rights what what do we need to do as women what what is our right to expect You know, this whole feminism thing that I was so into before Islam and then into Islam and it was like a whole thing. (laughs) God, it was the main topic in our before and in our marriage that we would confront each other on because men don't have the same and still don't have the same, even if they have wives and if they have daughters, they don't have the same knowledge as we have because we look for the deeper like answers because we have so many questions obviously so you can have some conversations even if your husband might know more than you about islam but you need to go on your own journey just like you'd say
0: 100 percent. so it's so important and within that space we have to be able to accept that we don't know and not always rely on like, I, I promise you, like, when it came to me understanding the DN, I was like, I have to find a woman teacher. Like, I can't just go off of, like, you know, all of the, the imams and the sheikhs and because they're only teaching from their perspective. And I know that that has everything to do with who they actually are, their natural fitra. So I knew I needed to learn from a woman, which I'm so happy that Sheikha Aisha Prime is in New York and she travels too. She's an amazing, amazing, just like she grew up in Virginia, black Muslim woman, and she went to Yemen to school. She studied the deen. She understands the Quran and she interprets everything. And she just like the way she translates it, Masha Allah and she really explains it. Like everything I'm explaining to you, she has taught me and she has showed me that, you know, you may want to get married, but do you know your strength and do you know your position as a woman in your deen? Before you are a wife, you are Allah's creation.
1: Because you're saying your mentor was a big part of your process, how do you how important are role models and mentors? On the way of creating your brand, so important. And I ha- and I pull from different people, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to you about Gary B earlier, but
0: I pull from different people. But Black Muslim women, strong Black Muslim women, who are okay, who are okay with not always being strong. Mm-hmm. That's important. Mm-hmm. that was important for me is to see, like. You know, yeah, I, I can pass through life through my, through my um, uterus and bring life into the world. But, you know, I don't want to do all of these things like have him go work and I'll take care of the house and I'll take care of the businesses. But I don't want to go out and do the heavy lifting and understanding what that means. That doesn't necessarily mean you're weak. You know what I'm saying? So it's so important. I think every everybody should have someone that they go to or someone that they learn from that is a, a woman, specifically if you're a woman, because she's going to speak to you it, it as long as she's not a part of the patriarchy and the mess, like she'll actually speak to you and understand that you need this liberation as a woman to do what Allah has put in your heart to do. So important to have mentors that are older and have learned so much. Like I think it's so important.
1: And the beautiful thing is that we talked about last time is that you also think that we as women need to learn more about finance and understanding our our opportunities and possibilities that we can. Create our own financial freedom. I, I think we have to we have to go into depth in this one for another podcast. But <laughs> can you just explain why do you think is it's important for women to understand they, how they can be financially independent?
0: So it's so important for us to be financially financially literate so that we understand what. It means to invest in what it means to grow our income so that when we get married or if we choose to get married or if we just want to grow for our family's sake and generational wealth, that we're not just looking for our husbands to like if we want to if we want to like happen to like, you know, get divorced. Like this is this this happens. You may get abused as a woman. You may go through so much, but you have nothing to fall back on. So, you need to have your own foundation and you need to have things for yourself financially so that you're able to support yourself and your family. Anything can happen, you know, death. Divorce, disabled, your husband can be all those things and you have nothing. And so you need to make sure you prepare for that for your family's sake as well as just not only that, but your sake so that you're sane and you don't have to get up and pick up and work a job and punch a clock when you have children. And you, know, you can have a businesses that you grow from home that you go out and you work whenever you want. So it's so important for, for us to understand financial literacy so that we're able to actually grow and understand our um, ability to make a change within our communities and intergenerational wealth so that we can build the schools we want to see and you know, bring teachers to our spaces and build the messages that we think would really help our communities and really help the youth and especially young women to understand that it's okay to be independent. It's okay to have those things because you want to have those things for your security so that when you find someone that you really love, that you're not just getting with them because you want them to take care of you. Because sometimes, you know, that's what people think, like a man is a financial plan, but no, no, no. Nine times out of 10, he doesn't even know what to do with his money. And he's looking for you to do that. And that's normally like, you know, a woman's position in a marriage is like, okay, make sure he's, you know, investing in the right places and make sure he's paying the bills because he's just making the money and he's just, you know, you know, like, okay, here's, the, here's the money. Like, what are we doing? Like, you know, so we have to understand money for ourselves in these positions so that when we do get married, if we choose to get married, we can help our families be expanding our financial literacy, our financial portfolios, because we've done that already for ourselves or we're doing that for ourselves within the marriage. So not always being like, okay... Like, this is his money, all right? I don't want you to spend that money, babe. I have my own money. No, we're going to spend your money on this, and my money's going to go towards the businesses because, honestly, we need your money for now, for these bills, and once the money that I get, I'm going to put this money aside that I make on my own for the businesses that I have going on, and then we'll start investing your money into your businesses, but the bills need to be paid right now, and the bu- the businesses that I'm building for the future of our family is going to prevent my husband, or if if that's what I want, my husband from not having to work all the time. And that's something that we are doing for ourselves initially. And then when the time is right, then we can bring the hubby into the plan. But you have to know everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not necessary. So I think even within that space when it comes to marriage, but beyond that, for our own sake, for our own financial literacy, our own financial portfolios, that we're not relying on just that income. Because at any point, he can die. He could become disabled, you know. You can get divorced and you have no plan, nothing. And you're just like looking for the next husband.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not- and that goes back to being able to empower yourself because obviously we always think when we get into a marriage, we don't think about it ending. But I was so glad that I had sisters that came to me and said you know you need this you need to know this this and this if something happens you need to have a plan like there just has to be a certain level of confidence that you have in yourself to being able to support yourself and to be able to get up again even if you had kids if something happens obviously we never want to think about the worst case scenario but we still have to be prepared and just empower ourselves with that level of confidence okay so some of our Last questions are what are the things that you would like to have known before you started that would have made it easier or faster for you to get where you are now Well
0: I definitely would have loved to know I would have loved to know more financial literacy like when it came to like branding but I think even now I have such a, because of the experiences I had, I have like over 10 years of experience with branding. And so with that, I've, a, I've been able to know like what not to do and learning on my own, I think was the best way. So, because I'm a little bit of a a hard learner, like I'm a little stubborn. So I think that probably was like, you know, the best way for me. Um, but also um, just the humbleness Like it came a little later so that I was able to, you know, actually listen to people telling me like the things that I need to do. So I think um, just being a lot more humble um, earlier on in, in life or just like, you know, as I got into my late teens and early 20s, like I think being a lot more humble and listening would have been a lot more helpful so that I wasn't doing things the hard way. So it goes back to like that, you know, okay, I'm grateful how everything's turned out and it happened for a reason. But at the same time, if I was more humble and listened, it would have been a lot easier and quicker. Um, and then also just not listening to men tell me that I'm doing too much. Um, that was a really difficult process for me because I was wagering and going back and forth. I'm like, Oh my God, am I doing too much? Should I not do this? What should I do? And I just didn't know how to plant my two feet until I stopped listening You know, which took me some years until I stopped listening and was like, you know what? Allah is the only thing I need to focus on. Allah is the only one that really gives me, you know, the ability to do these things. So why am I even listening to people that don't, that didn't create me, that don't pay my bills? Like, you know, and so really understanding that power that we give people. So stop giving my power away. Once I stopped giving my power away, everything just made so much sense. And then it became very much an expansion of everything that I am, everything that I want to be, inshallah. So just the the main thing is not giving our power away or giving our energy and worshiping money worshiping human beings worshiping dunya like really just relying on Allah for that main source of everything that we need provision so it it came down to me literally just taking my power back
1: so even if you are going to repeat yourself what do you think are the top skills and mindsets for anyone to be able to create a brand that really empowers themselves
0: Definitely um, some of the top skills I think in mindsets for creating a brand would be being confident is the main thing. Being confident in your vision, having a vision that is going to um, be purposeful and change the world, um, understanding, you know, a little bit about, you know, tech technology, knowing technology is super important. Um, Even if you wanted to do certain things on your own, you know, learning Photoshop, if you want to do your own logo so that you don't have to pay all this money for this stuff. You know, YouTube is amazing. YouTube University is right there. You can watch videos um, and learn some things. And also um, just really being able to lead a team, knowing what it's like to be a leader and understanding that this role that you're taking on is, yes, you can take advice, but at the same time, it is your vision and you have to be able to be solid and firm in that and, and understand that that is a straight vision and that, you know, the foundation of that vision is worshiping Allah. So you don't want anyone to take that and pervert it and make it something that it's not. So being firm in your vision is really important. So the leadership skill is really, really something that has to be you know constantly in development and constantly you know cultivated. Um, and then I would say one of the last things that a skill that I, I think is really important is just knowing when knowing when you don't have the control to change the outcome and letting it go and it's a skill that I really think it comes down to um, humbleness and humility like I'm not gonna say humbleness is a skill because it's more so a personality trait but learning how to let go of things is really important and i would say also just organization yeah that that would be the last one is this organization and um making sure that is that expansion of the organization just gets better and better every time so yeah that that probably would be the main skills but technology being one of the the centerfolds because we live in a world where that's super important when build, building a brand
1: how do you keep going and creating content consistently
0: Okay. So I keep going because I have a lot to say (laughs) and I just don't put a cap on it, which I need to learn how to like say things and deliver. But you know, I, I, I noticed that it's better to have my tea black than with milk or sugar. So I've just noticed that that is a space in which I realize I need to expand on that. But coming from, I would say, hip hop culture, African diaspora, this is one of the, the African diaspora um, cultures and learning about who I was through hip hop culture is what keeps me also going within the content that I make and why I make it and really just making sure I stay on my Salah because it really helps to clear my mind on what my purpose is and refocus and my refocus my intentions because i want to connect with more muslim women and i want to identify with more muslim women culturally and understanding their stories so that gives me that you know energy to keep going and my family you know that those are my like why's but more so because It needs to be said. Like, there's not a platform for it and and not everyone's speaking fully. You know, like, I don't speak... I don't speak a lot of business language all the time. I can speak very professionally. But then, you know, I got my moments where... No, she comes out and it just has to come out because I realized that that's who I am and I grew up in the hood. So when I speak, it's not to offend anyone, but it's to speak my truth. It's to speak the truth that I've experienced, whether it's in Islam or whether it's in the secular world. And I'm not going to... Put any type of filter on it. I'm not going to put any, I'm going to say it in the most polite way possible, but it's still going to sting a little bit after, you know, because it's important that people understand how their own ignorances affect other people's expansion and evolving because they are, you know, blatantly telling you how they feel without any politeness. Don't care how you feel about it you know, but I'm just taking it, you know, a step, a notch and just trying to be polite about on how I deliver things. So it's just important the platforms that we're on and like not, just not sugarcoating things, but still saying it's sweet. There's a way that women do things that is so like surreal to me. Like we can just be so nice, but the, what we're saying, it really hurts, but it's like, it's like but I heard you. All right. I heard you. Okay. You know, and it's just like, that's how we have to be as women. That's our superpower. That emotion, that emotiveness that we have, those are the things we need to connect people to their emotions and taking accountability. You know, we live in a world where no one wants to take accountability. No one wants to take accountability for what they do. So as a woman, I just come and I say, what you did was really, it was really hurtful. And I think that you should think about how this is affecting your own soul in the world because you're hurting people and I'm really disappointed. And I just walk away kindly and I won't talk to that person, whoever upset me, for a while. And I'm just like, I'm really disappointed. I think I should I should separate myself from you for a while because I that's not the energy I'm about. And I, I hope you learn from this. And it's just, you know, I'm a motherly really disappointment, like and women do it so well because we're just like calm. You know, you just tell them we don't have to yell and scream and get aggressive like men do because this is our like way of like, we feel what you're doing. Like, I feel the earth dying. I feel the earth sad. I, I know that, you know, what's happening in the Amazon, what's happening all around the world to nature, like, it's sad. So if I come to someone and tell them truly, like, you're you're hurting me. You're hurting the world. You're hurting yourself. It's so sad. Like, why do you do this? And you just leave it like that. And they just like I can't tell you how many men I've spoke to in that way. When it's like in a in a speaking forum and like we're kind of going in conversation, they just kind of be like, and they just thinking. And I'm just like, I don't know, but you you need to think about that. I I can't right now because I'm just so disappointed. I can't even talk to you, and I just walk away. But-
1: I have to learn from you. I have to learn from you how to do this because I'm, I'm more straightforward. Like. But that is speak your truth. I think speak your truth and understanding the female superpower you have and using emotions. That is beautiful. Okay. Last question is actually a question that you can ask the audience something that is or is not related to what we spoke about today that they can answer in the comments below. Okay.
0: Um, so, hmm. I want to know what what do people or what in general like what do you want to see in connectivity to Muslim women like what do you want to see happen within our Muslim communities or within the communities at large um when it comes to diversity what do you want to see expanding um as far as our Positions and, you know, whether that be political or, you know, what do you want to see change? And are you able to make a change right where you're from?
1: I love that. Okay. So answer that and do one thing that you can do right now to change that. Beautiful. Ah, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a pleasure.
0: Mashallah, you have such a good heart. And I'm so excited that we got to connect and inshallah we're able to. Meet each other in person. I'm going to give you the longest hug, and I'm going to be talking your ear off, and I'm going to be listening to you talk my ear off too, because you have a lot to talk. Listen, y'all. She has a lot to tell y'all. Okay, she has a story, and it's so deep, and I, it's not mine to tell. Uh, as I learn more about her, I think that you know you will love and learn from her as well from her own experience. So, sinna is a beautiful person. mashallah
1: You're so kind, and I feel so much honored to have you on here. Just knowing. I love what you're doing
0: you're you're really setting you're setting a a precedent that people need to like you're 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 like literally setting the precedent for people within your community because you're in Germany and they're going to like literally look back and be like yo she was so ahead of her time like oh my gosh like i can't even believe it so i really look forward to all the work that you're going to be doing in germany and i want i want you to come out here and do some things and you know i plan on expanding and you know inshallah we're able to do big things who knows you know we might have like a show together and have a panel like hopefully you know i don't, like I don't know put it on and we just have a talk show know, that
1: would be so cool and don't forget the real deal is going on at sharediversity.com. Jump on the newsletter, comment below this episode and share diversity with us. If you enjoyed this episode, like and share it with your friends and make sure to rate and review us on iTunes so we can keep creating content that is relevant to you. Until next time, Assalamualaikum.